commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the France end of the galaxy, I'm Chris Comeback, and you're listening to Cold World News, your holiday news show for different coverage of the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now for your news segment rundown for November 13th, 2020. Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. Reading Rasta. But first, Star Wars Archives reveals what would have been in Lucas's sequel trilogy. Now, your host, Benyard and Adam, to discuss. Thank you very much, Grex, and uh, welcome to another edition of Four World News. This is a little a bonus episode for you all, um, primarily because we need to catch up on uh, the comics. Uh, there have been a new issue for each of the four series, so we're going to get into that. And um, also a little bit of news here um, yeah. that completely unexpected uh, about uh, George Lucas. I guess there's this new massive tome that's going to be released um, that's going to cover i think like 95 to 2001 or something in the star wars history and it has a bunch of new nuggets uh regarding uh george lucas's plan for the sequel trilogy so what um all right i mean what do you guys think of this someone explain what you heard from this thing and um and give me your take on it ready go so I've heard the book is like 150 bucks. I'm going to buy it at some point, but I've only just heard tidbits about what was in there. And one thing I heard is that Darth Maul was supposedly, supposedly like the villain of George's yeah. uh, ideations for the sequel trilogy. And, uh, and that that character was someone who did rise from the underworld and seize power uh, in the vacuum when the emperor empire had fallen. And uh, he sort of rose to power and he, I, I, he got an apprentice. He he um, he inducted Darth Talon basically into the Sith, or I not hit the Sith, but his yeah, his Sith branch, apprentice, his, right, the Crimson Dawn, right. I mean, I imagine he'd still be in control of Crimson Dawn, possibly in this. I don't know, or if Crimson Dawn was maybe something that was added just for so. Yeah, that but, could have um, happened later, but so, he's a crime boss essentially, and that's that's the seat of his power. Yeah. You've kind of hit the nail on the head there, Grant, with your questions about Crimson Dawn. Was there Crimson Dawn? Was there not? Um, I take this stuff. I, I don't know what the source for this stuff is. I'm sure when the book comes out, it will be well sourced and talked about interviews and when these things happen. Lucas likes to play around with the timeline of decisions about <laughs> Star Wars since oh, the yeah. beginning. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, because I don't I don't want to come out and say he's not telling truth because for all I know, this is from an interview in 2001. Right. I don't know where this comes from. I'm taking it with a grain of salt until I read the book. I like Grant will buy it at some point. Um, I'm currently spending most of my money on uh, diapers and 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 uh, other baby paraphernalia. So maybe a few months before I can afford a two hundred dollar, 14 pound book. But uh, looking forward to it when I can. Um, what I will say is. What's interesting about this is that this predates the Clone Wars, right? This predates his time with Filoni and all this. Yeah. So I always assumed that Filoni was the brains behind bringing Maul back. But we do know that Lucas loved Darth Maul. It's one of the few things in the prequels that has pretty much universal love for it, right? Like everyone loves Darth Maul. Everyone thinks it's the coolest character maybe but most people like the character so it makes sense in his brain that he thought let's you know again 
you know, he's very much a, a nerd. So my whole theory is if you don't see a thing die on screen, it doesn't die. So as much as I'm not a fan of Spider-Leg Maul, you know, it makes sense that a dark side character could survive being chopped in half and quarterized. Yeah, for the, another 30 years or 40 years. Or yeah. Sort of thing. Um, yeah, I actually I, I actually kind of like this scenario. I think they, they also said it was going to be um, the the children, you know, the grandchildren of Vader would be the protagonists. So your Ray character would be a literal daughter of uh, Han and Leia. Um and and they were going to be the ones essentially going up against Darth Talon, and then um, you know. Oh, we, so, I have one credible source, IGN, saying Maul was was for sure mentioned in the book and uh, and planned to be around I, after yeah. Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So, so that's one news source. But I mean, the other there's other Twitter sources well, that are saying there's Darth there's Darth Talon info out there that's saying George, George was indeed going to have yeah uh, a, a Sith kind of uh, so, apprentice who was. Yeah, uh, the female tw- Twilic. Yeah. Uh, oh, nice. Seeing Darth, Darth Talon from yeah. some of the, I think the Legacy comics. I, I, yeah, I believe she's a, she's a character that existed yeah. in Legacy, but so it's yeah. kind of you just would have dropped her into this spot, or, or maybe it was just like a form that they were going to base the character. Sort of makes sense though. And then when I heard other news that or other rumors that uh, uh, she was going to um, seduce one of uh, Han's children, like his son, essentially, yeah. and I was like, whoa, like this is. That is a very like interesting story. It almost feels like, uh, like a lion, the witch, in the wardrobe. It feels like he's almost like he's just being enticed to the dark side in a very interesting way. Almost like maybe yeah. just going to feed him. Love is going to feed the grandchildren, grandchild Turkish delight on a on a sled. Right. Yeah. Something like that would be kind of interesting. That's a, that's a deep uh, lion, the witch, in the wardrobe pull. If you're, <laughs> if you're wondering. Yeah. Yeah, you're on your own in that podcast. Uh, I no, I, I'm good. I don't need to. Yeah. Do um. Yeah. The uh, lion is Jesus. I'm sorry. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That end of podcast, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. It's kind of cool. You know, it, it would. I think it would pit the Ray character against Talon. So you have you know a female protagonist, a female yeah. antagonist. Um, yeah, I mean, that seduction line would be great, you know, having that Ben Solo character interacting and, you know, you know, having flirting with the dark side, so to speak. Um, and um, yeah, and then I, I think they, they were going to ultimately have Leia be the chosen one who saves everybody. And they were going to, you know, and um, Luke would sort of go off the rails and be more of the Colonel Kurtz um, grizzled character. So what he was in um, Last Jedi, but like a crazy weirder. Yeah um so yeah i mean that all sounds interesting it's when you get into the wills stuff that you sort of lose me a little bit but i mean yep. again we're talking about a couple concepts on a napkin here we're not talking about really fully fleshed out ideas so yeah i mean it's like you read the original the star wars script it bears very little resemblance to what the final script and what was on screen was right so so this is just kind of the you know his musings on what he was thinking of possibly doing at some point right we've been playing a lot of what if um, for the sequel trilogy lately, and I'm, I'm personally getting tired of myself talking yeah, about yeah. it. I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there we've with you. I'm really got, tired of hearing all, talk about it. It's interesting that we have these three branches that, of you know, possibilities that could have happened with, between, you know, Trevorrow um, just in this timeline, and we've got, you know, well, really, I guess two branches, and the, the Lucasian um, timeline as well, and then actually the timeline we got. So that's sort of the three um, there. Um, but it's, yeah, it's interesting that all this stuff is coming out, but, um, 
adore Lucas and love his ideas and I love his world building. And, you know, I feel like Lucas is more for like, rather than rehash old ideas and have this fan service, let's create a new paradigm. Let's do something groundbreaking and new again um, for this, this sequel trilogy and, and cover new ground and create new, um, new myths uh, in the Star Wars galaxy. And uh, that's always appreciated. Yeah, totally. I think our eyes are on the sequel, sequel trilogy, right? Like we're, yeah. we're hoping to see Daisy, John, John Boyega and, and, and all the cast come back in some way, you know, in the future of Star Wars. I'm sure, I'm sure everyone's looking forward to that. So it's like, I, I think I, I love the sequel trilogy. I think it's, you know, yeah. my favorite trilogy I'm, since the original trilogy. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree with that. I'm, I'm very happy with what we got. Is it perfect? No. Is any Star Wars trilogy perfect? No. Right. So it's just like, this is not some perfect thing that's been meddled with i'm very happy with what we got and i love and we'll get to this in the next segment i love now that we're seeing this the stuff introduced in the sequel trilogy being played with in the eu similar to the way the prequel trilogy is played with in the eu this is starting to feel like everything's coalescing into one galaxy and that's what i'm really enjoying that it makes me just kind of feel like it's all part of the same thing yeah all right. Let's the synergy. The synergy is astounding, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's all over the comics and everything else we'll be discussing today. Yeah, and that, that was something seriously lacking from from before, and we've mentioned this before. I think Kathleen has just, I mean, if nothing else, this, I mean, but she's done plenty of fantastic things. But this is my favorite thing that she's done. It's just streamlined the, the canon. Um, we're moving in one direction, and um, yeah, hopefully, you know. We should just make a pack. From now on, we'll only talk about sequel, sequel uh, uh, theories, because um, that's a more interesting space than sort of rehashing what could, what might have been, um, but didn't. Because um, I love what we got. Yep. Right. Uh, agreed. Let's move on to the comics, shall we? Comic Crystal Comics Corner. All right, we're back again with Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. Uh, we have uh, one issue from each of the four main run series of the Star Wars comics to cover. Uh, we have Dr. Aphra number five, uh, Star Wars number eight, Bounty Hunters number six, and Darth Vader number seven. And part of me is wondering why we have off numbers on all of these. It feels like they should be all <laughs> be within the same. But I think I think some started earlier than others and some are coming out more frequently than the other ones. But it's yeah. kind of nice. Doesn't it feel like just perfect that we have one issue from each of the four main ones to talk about tonight. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah. Let's do this on purpose sometime. Like we almost did tonight. Yeah. So uh, let's take it kind of in that order. And I'll, I'll start off with uh, Dr. Afro number five, fortune and fate part five power play by Wong, Cresta, Rosenberg, Karamanga and Reminar. And here's my short little summary. Uh, Ron Tag has gotten exactly what he wanted the mythical rings of valet. But through cunning deception and a bit of slicing, Dr. Affer turns the tables and disintegrates him. Or does she? Dun dun meow. <laughs> what do we think? What are your thoughts about Dr. Affer, number five? Who remembers reading Dr. Affer, number this five? A couple weeks ago, a <laughs> lot has happened since I was waiting. I think my trip to Endor. I came back from the mid rim and then I, I forgot all of what I read in this, but I know I read it digitally on my yes. Kindle. Yeah. All right. I then I'll, I... I'll jump in. Um, 
yeah, another fascinating sort of treasure hunt thing. Uh, it's it's coming it's coming to the end here. I, I really love this villain. Um, yeah, uh, Roan Tag or Taggy, um, and yeah, we get into his family more in this one too, and we really get to see what his end game is. Um, surprise everyone! He had palmed the first ring long ago, right? Uh, so he already knew he had everything he needed out of that that ghost city. Um, and then we get to play around a little bit. We get Afro doing some classic Afro stuff, like just, you know, hacking on the side to, to win the day. And, um, which was fun to see. And that, um, that the, the BD unit actually is really fun in this one. Yeah. Reminds me a lot of BD one. Um, and, uh, yeah, pretty cool. And then, and then of course the, the mystical properties come into question as far as, uh, the rings go when they're they're put together. How did um what did you think the payoff was there? We finally saw these two rings of power come together, rings of Viale. Um did it did it do what you thought you they were going to do? No. <laughs> uh no or maybe. I don't know. Um I really was expecting more of a Twilight Zone twist to these rings. Um and we might get them, right? That uh tag or taggy or Tage, whatever his name is uh survives <laughs> at the end yeah um not but in he's a health. not in good health so i'm like is that what the internal life gives you is that you can survive anything but you're still in withering pain um, does he get burned to a crisp or does it oh yeah it something like he's, an infinity just, stone yeah he's he's uh he's got like third to fourth degree fourth degree burns on you know 95 percent of his body and it's still alive at the very end. I think we all saw this coming. Yeah. I mean, he was looking to acquire those rings, both the rings of power. I was expecting more of an immediate curse to happen with it. Yeah. I, I there yeah. would be some, like, as soon as you put them on, there would be some wild, like, I was really thinking, like, Marvel Universe rings of power sort of. of right. Because that, that, that city was, like, all the people the, like were were kind of frozen in stone or, like, yeah. stuck in yeah. the walls. It was, it was, like, this really strange you know city of the dead almost it seemed like the ring had rings had yeah i don't know yeah i don't know either and and one thing at the end i noticed is that he's only wearing one of the rings and not wearing the other ring the other ring had dropped out of his hand so when the only person we ever see actually wearing both rings um is oh who is it yeah professor um but we don't really o- know what that Oka? means. Oka, uh, something yeah. like that. I was quickly flipping through and hopefully I'd find it. Zara. I think no. it's Oka. Yeah. Uh, right. And so, but but like they had already sliced the rays. So the rays don't actually hit her the way. So we don't know what they're wearing. Um, I don't. And, and, and Tag does put them on. And we see him wearing it. Then he gets the disintegration ray hit him. Um, but when it does, he had already taken off the other ring, the red ring. Oh, really? So he's actually not wearing it. He's just holding it. So I don't think we've actually seen the true power of these rings yet, if there is any true power, which I'm yeah. also like, why are we drawing this out? I think it's very plausible that they just leave him to, you know, it's a hanging question mark. Yeah. They go on their next. Well, there was a, there's a season of the British science fiction show Torchwood, which is a spinoff of Doctor Who. <laughs> Follow me here. 
but there's an episode where there's a season where basically something happens called it's called miracle day is the name of the series or the season and no one on earth can die oh okay and it's really great sci-fi because what it is is that people can still suffer like so you could still have like you could still be like be a burn victim for example and suffering that pain but you can't die and so it turns into this curse like this is a good thing eternal life if you're in pain so it's really just really interesting storytelling um it's one of my favorite things it didn't get very good reviews but i just think it's such a creative way to talk about this like this kind of double-edged sword and i wonder if that's going with him he might put on the ring and be alive forever but be withering in pain right from his wounds i thought that was sort of what they were trying to say yeah this is the joke, you know, this is what this guy deserves is an eternity of suffering for what a terrible person. Yeah. And we are introduced to our new big bad starting next issue, Lady Domina. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who's yeah. Uh, what the the mother of uh, Rowan Tag? Uh, uh, aunt of Rowan Tag. Aunt. Aunt, okay. yeah. I'm glad you picked that up. Yes. And they're going to Canto Bite, apparently, in the next issue yeah. immediately. So, Yeah. It was, a, you know, not a lot to say because it's kind of one of those action packed, you know, just trying to tie up all the loose ends, a lot of like double cross, triple cross type of thing. But it was uh, it was Dr. Afra, you know, doing her Dr. Afra thing, which is kind of, you know, claiming to have a plan. Who knows how much of that plan was actually planned versus on the fly. But it all worked out in the end. Exactly. Yeah. Um, fun one. And interesting that it ends with a sequel trilogy connection. Just going to lay that out there. Maybe we'll come back yeah. later. Maybe we won't. Maybe we will. There's a lot of synergy in terms of <laughs> connections in these comics of yeah. recent. And that's yeah. why I think the Mandalorian might be hinting at some sequel trilogy stuff at some point. I, I feel agree. like the synergy, the synergy aligns. You know what I mean? This is the way. Yeah, I was going to say, like, well, not so much in Star Wars, but we do have Luke wielding a yellow lightsaber in this. Um, so that... Right. Yeah. Sequel. Yeah. Um, and in a few days, we're finally going to get to see Ray actually wield her yellow lightsaber. What? Oh, on the, yeah. the special? <laughs> on the Star Wars Lego holiday special. Lego <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be fun, but don't get your don't get excited. But he does have a yellow lightsaber in it. Oh, so too that's... late, Adam. I'm already excited. I I trust me. You know me. All about Star Wars holiday specials, so I'm all in. <laughs> I hope. Uh, me too. Uh, all right, you want to move on to Star Wars number eight? Yes, I sure would. This is Star Wars eight. And um, da, da, da. yes, this was uh, with Sewell, Rosanis, uh, Rosenberg, and uh, VC's Clayton Cowles. Um, and this is uh, Will of Tarkin part two, Prey. Um, and in this episode, uh, we learn of Commander Zara's redemption. Uh, it was earned by employment of Vader. So Vader came through and he was the one that pulled her out of purgatory, um, from the Kessel Mines. She was the Republic commander of the Kessel Mines, which is not a great post. Um, and now she has a personal score to settle with, uh, Princess Leia, but Zara wants more psychological revenge than physical for now. Um, so... Nice. We, we trace this, um, you know, imperial character, um, commander, um, in her, she's a Tarkin sycophant on more adventures here. And she's, 
chasing after Leia and has this like really serious vendetta for uh, killing her mentor before she could really get redemption with him. Um, She's a fascinating character. Just her being this like Tarkin's protege and that final scene where she leaves the the previous issue where she leaves the Death Star and explodes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was just an awesome moment in comics. And so she's just a very cool character. I, I like this character a lot. Yeah. We get some action sequences here with her, um, and she's very Vader esque. You know, she she has this black uh, spacesuit that Mm -hmm. armor um, when she's in Atmo, and um, you know she's leading squadrons of stormtroopers through um, this cruiser, uh, Republic cruiser, and trying to to get to to Leia. And um, there's some good stuff there. And she's they really do a good job making her a menacing. um, Yeah. But I yeah, exactly. And I love this the way she, they 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 do this with this character because she boards the ship. She does all of this just to send a message to Luke and Leia. Right. Like at the very end, you hear her monologuing. And basically she says, um, I did more damage to the rebellion in that engine room than a thousand Star Destroyers could. And that moment in that darkness, I took away her hope. Right. Like, I just love that. Yeah. Like She just basically said, your Jedi brother can't save you. I am the one who you are. You're living right now because I decided that you live. Right. Like right. They, she had them completely. She could have killed both Luke and Leia in that moment. And I love that. Like, that is a that is a villainous move. Right. That's that's like high level Bond villain. Right. I'm, I mean, I'm not convinced that's actually true. I mean, she Ooh. definitely was toying with Leia in that engine room and like seems like she could have killed her if she wanted to but i don't know luke was there on point and i'll I'll put my money on luke i wouldn't (laughs) (laughs) not that scene no no that's he's had like who's had a week of lightsaber training yeah still but all the force and whatnot and his connection with leia his connection to the force sure the force didn't stop him getting kicked in the back of the neck yeah (laughs) that's true yeah so it, it was a it was a I don't know. I, I just wonder how much she like sort of was just glowing about it. She seems a little delusional to me, like sort of yeah, tar- the best like, tar- yeah. sociopathic. Yes. Yeah. I think they did a good job of, it, it, you know, introducing a new character that seems interesting, slightly different, but still like makes sense. Kind of the delusion of the Empire. Yeah. And you get some fun backstory scenes here around Empire, um, which are cool especially with the synergy of um, uh, from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back, which just came out. Yeah. Do you want to talk about, not to skip his head, but the, did you see the next issue uh, stuff at the back of it? Uh, no. Well, your, your, your favorite guy, Lobot, is featured. No kidding. Lobot, Lobot, possibly. From Star Wars? Star Wars, yeah. Um, but it says the new arc is called Operation Starlight. So that's the other thing I like about this is this was a yeah, yeah. So this is a two issue arc. So we're starting a whole new storyline. So I like the fact that they're not so beholden to every arc needs to be six issues long. That this was a perfect two issue storyline of just introducing this new big bad, yeah. just really kind of setting the tone for where the story is going. And then the other thing says the salvation of the rebel cause lies in the distance past. Could you? And my question is, high rebellion, anyone? Yeah. Uh, Lando, yeah. 
And then Lando leads a daring heist on Imperial Center, the Palpatine's throne world. So we're going to get some Coruscant, I think. I mean, that would be his throne world, right? Unless yeah, it's a so. different world that's his throne world before Coruscant, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so... Uh, the, the term throne world also. Throne world, right? So yeah, yeah, Doing good stuff. Um, so Sewell. we'll want to get... incredible. Yeah. Master. Yeah. Um, so should we do uh, Bounty Hunters 6? Sure. Adam, you got this one? Uh, sure. Uh, Bounty Hunters 6, Target Balance Part 1. And this is my favorite part. Zuckus and Forlong. Yeah. That's the name of the issue. It's <laughs> the name of the issue, guys. Uh, by Sachs, Villanelli, Prianto, Lenham, and uh, Bermillo. Uh, all right. So here's my... I always have trouble writing up the, the Bounty Hunters, but I gave my best shot. Uh, Valance and his new charge... Uh, Kandaha uh, battle Zuckus and Forlom, hired by the Unbroken Clan. Uh, however, as Valance, as they escape, they unknowingly lead the bounty hunters to Valance's ally, his former lover, Yura. Yeah. So Yura gets back into this one. We get some backstory, which I feel like we've got before, mm-hmm. of sort of departing as a whole human to, to go off um, and join the Empire um, and promising his love he'd come back to, to help her at some point. Um, I think this we might have gotten that in his uh, balances uh, Tie Fighter series. Um, Maybe, yeah. I don't. I, I can't remember. Yeah. Balance stories right now. Um, yeah, so we get some of that, and it's and then, but the 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 meat of this is we finally get dialogue from Forlom and Suckers. Yeah, and uh, it's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, and Zuckus is apparently somewhat psychic. Yeah, he's a precog. Precog, he, yeah. Yeah, he can he can sort of see the future um, a little bit, which is a really fun twist on Bounty Hunters. This just made me even more want to see them in The Mandalorian. Yeah. I want to see live action Forlom and Zuckus again. Right, because Forlom is essentially a droid. Um, yeah. And so, and Zuckus, so like between the two of them, it's like you've got science and you've got religion. And right. uh, it's a, a really formidable foe. Yeah, even though of course Valance like escaped because you know new upgrades to his hand the palm sure. blasters because Valance because Valance balanced um, yeah I want to say more <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know do you that guys I love this can. this is a new story now is this part one yeah it's part one um. It would be cool if Forlom and Zuckus are like it's you know are a perpetual threat. That would be fun. Yeah, to push them out. Um, whereas we just sort of skipped over the people that had lines earlier. You know the the Bosks and the Boba Fett's and yeah, touched on them. But now we're getting you know, and then maybe we'll get a whole um, series with Dengar. I we, uh, <laughs> I bet you we will. Dengar v Valance. How many? That's we have to because we actually and we already we had that one, right? Dengar, Dengar, that was the oh, right. Vader. We still need IG eighty eight. This is okay. Yeah. Uh, I, okay. So for a series called Bounty Hunters, really, it's just Valance plus four panels of Valance and besting your favorite bounty hunters. You yeah. know those guys you've loved for forty years. <laughs> Here's well, some, this new guy board. that we don't care about or know, we're gonna kick their butts in four panels. Yeah. Thank you. No. Yeah. Sorry. 
I hate. I feel like this is like jump on Valence Day, but every time we talk about them, but it's just this poor bounty hunter series. Too. Like it's it's fun. You get to see your characters, but yeah, I have notes. I just have notes on this. One. I know. <laughs> I don't like being negative. I don't know. Um, did you catch More the? Yeah. Nothing negative to say about well, it. I like being negative about Dengar, but like this yet. <laughs> but I have a love, like I love to hate Dengar, and I just, I just hate balance. <laughs> like, like there's no fun for me in disliking. Like, just to be honest, like a little peek behind the session, I don't really have that big of an issue with Dengar. Well, that's not true. I think he's kind of stupid, but like, but I think it's fun to dislike him. Like, do you know what I mean? It's entertaining yeah. to me. Like, I've yeah. never like when he walks on screen and we're like, oh, he's a good foil. He's a exactly. Clerk. Perfect. Valance. I just every time he walks on screen, I'm like, OK, like, yeah. like, you get it. You're we got it. He's, yeah. Yeah. Um, but we did I get think, the um, I still think Star Wars needs like an 80s pulpy action hero, but maybe not balance like a Dash Rendar or like something just super sure. hokey and ridiculous. But Balance just doesn't meet that requirement. So, Balance always, in every episode, comes so close to death and doesn't die. It's right. Like, well, there's like a dramatic through line with Balance where I'm like, I'm supposed to care about Balance? Like, I'm so right? confused. That I'm very confused. He might bring in his former love, but he's trying, like, he was looking for some synth skin desperately so that he could at least look human in front of his old girlfriend. But that is, I get all of Balance's sure story with Vader. I get, I get all of that with Vader, though. It's like right. essentially the same. Story. Right, is so, that what you want? Because a lot of overlap where you just don't need it, honestly. Because part of me is like, is this cranky old man Adam who doesn't want new characters? But like, my favorite character in Star Wars right now is Doctor Afra, which is a completely new character that only has existed for four years at this point in the Star Wars galaxy, and I think she's wonderful and great, and I want them to do everything with her. Yeah, Valance, I just cannot. I, I keep trying. I'm and I shot the mass there. like space trebuchet towards the nearest star and see yeah. if we make it out of that. And hopefully not. And I, I don't thought that Nakano Lash character was pretty cool. Yeah, Nakano yeah, Lash. That, in that cool. run. Why isn't this I was like, why not just do the Nakano Lash series? Again. Like, and here's the broken record. Again, playing Star playing Core World News Bingo, you can mark it off. Don't call this book Bounty Hunters. Call this book Valance. Have the guts yeah, I mean, to call is. this book what it is. It is not Bounty Hunters. Make it about the Bounty Hunters and not like have this three right. character. That's a... yeah. yeah. Give me a boss point of view, like one off. Yeah. Like single issue. Yeah. Giant or or like have them all teaming up to do something. Right. Great. Like have a like magnificent, you know, seven right. storyline them cool i would totally buy that you start power there or you could just do black chrysanthemum as the as the main character sure then then uh afro can be leading a run concurrently with uh chrysanthemum santi yeah. uh doing his own run. yeah it yeah. has a bounty hunter or something again that would, I be, feel that would bad. make sense i just want to be clear we do put ourselves forward as a positivity first star wars podcast and we do live and breathe that, I truly believe. But at the same time, we have to be able to be critical of things. At the oh, same, yeah. like, And here's the thing. The creators of this comic have created some of my favorite comics in the Star Wars universe. Like, Sax has worked on really great Star Wars comics. Um, did he do I the think, Galaxy's Edge run? Yes, fantastic. he did the Galaxy's Edge, which yeah, I love. Awesome. Greedo like, gets his hand on some- Yep hands yeah. up some jedi it was it was the exact it's the show i want them to produce right like it was done the exact way i want them to produce a show 
so I don't blame the creative talent surrounding this. They're all very talented. They have all worked on Star Wars things I love. I just don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's editors, and chief. I don't know what's going on. But they, for some reason, I feel like did they like buy the Valance thing for some money or something and they feel like they have to use it? I just don't get it. I think it, what it is is that the like bounty hunter like IPs, like intellectual properties are too protected like they just they might be a thing they want to do with them at some point and yeah or bark or a story so they're like well we can't use them all the time right in a series to really tell meaningful arcs to their character they have to be sort of bit players in someone else's story and they just decided it was going to be balanced um yeah yeah i think you i think you're absolutely right i think you're they're, you're right they're protecting these characters so that also leads me to every time they're watching i'm like yeah so they're not going to kill Valance because you can't kill Valance because he's the protagonist of your story. And he can't kill them because they're property yeah. that might be used in future things. So every time there's a battle, there's zero stakes, right? Like, it's just like, okay, like Valance is just going to use some gizmo eventually. Right, right, right. Which um, that was an issue I had with the, the Vader comic that we should talk about now. I was about to say, let's move on. Oh, let's talk yeah. about Vader. So all right, so we are on Vader Into the Fire, Part 2, The Assassin, uh, written by Greg Pak. Uh, the artist is Raphael Ienko, and Naraj Menon is the colorist. The VCs, Joe Karamagna is the letter. My little summary is, Abandoned on Mustafar, a badly damaged Vader struggles to rebuild himself before Ochi of Bastoon, assassin of the Sith, assails the determined Sith Lord. Their subsequent skirmish, awakening a mysterious being known as the Eye of the Webbish Bug. <laughs> I, yeah, I, you know, I, I was like, when they, when they, you know, introduced uh, OG of the Bastoon last issue, I'm like, oh, wow, we're getting, they're going to play around a little bit with the sequel trilogy. Never, ever did I imagine they were going to bring in the yeah. Eye of the Webbershock. The thing I miss the most from Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, again, for uh, people that don't yeah. know, the Eye of the Webbish Bog is um, this was a character that was uh, Kylo Ren was supposed to interact with in the first scene of the movie um, when he's uh, allegedly on Mustafar uh, grabbing the that um, way uh, finder. Um, he was going to interact with, and it was in the concept art. They even like shot some of it. I think in like some of the outtakes, there's yeah. some like CG renderings. Like they got really close to putting this monster creature, um, force oracle, whatever, um, in into there. So now we're actually going to get it um, uh, in the next uh, series, which will be cool. Yeah, so, but, but tracking back, I loved how this issue started with the uh, Anakin reliving. The the horrors and the atrocities and crimes and and just horrific things he had done. Uh, yeah, peak and, Vader killing younglings. I yeah. think, and also, I don't know how to say this, and I and I don't mean to. I don't know whether I'm going to say this is going to take it away from um, Hayden Christensen or take it away from George Lucas, but the opening panel on this shows the anguish of Anakin in a way that was not conveyed to me as well in episode three. Like the way it's drawn of him looking up at him and just like, please, like I did this for you. Please re relieve yeah, me of the guilt. Like, please so tell right. me it was worth it. Like it's, it's beautifully drawn the way I'm just like, I can't like take this from me, please. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, when he's yeah, like, go bring peace to my empire. And then 
Yeah. yeah. Really beautiful kind of inner thoughts that Vader's having where it's like, no, like you'll never have peace and I'll never have peace. You yeah. Know, Whoa, this is, this issue is deep. Like, this yeah. Is, they, they, so they showed him like cutting down all the separatist leaders and then, but above him was almost like force ghosts of the younglings. He yeah. Was, yeah. That was this like yeah. judging him and he's crying and he's like killing all these people. Like, yeah. It's a pretty heavy scene. It really is. Yeah, it'd be That's tough it. to like look at that, um, at that scene again in um, uh, Revenge of the Sith, uh, without thinking of those those ghost visions over his head. Yeah, it's well, always that whole act is so powerful. Anyway. There's a lot of really interesting, like kind of really deep callbacks in this episode too. Like you get, you basically get like Vader hallucinating his his fight with Obi Wan, but it's the Emperor. Like when he cuts Obi Wan in half, and like. I don't know if that was in the last issue or this. I think it was the last. That, that was the last issue, but that yeah. was that was haunting to see that. Yeah. And this issue, I think it's just a continuation of that very, very like yes, haunting imagery with the emperor. You know. Yeah, haunting's the word. Like I, I love, I love the way they're animating or illustrating the visions, right? Like the 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 like in that red, and they've been doing yeah. it since the jump of this series. And I think it's I've been really vying for that in the sequel trilogy. That's what I've been. I yeah. think if you've listened to this podcast, I've been saying I thought the emperor could have haunted that trilogy in a way that I think this yeah. comic kind oh, of yeah. sort of was. I mean, if they knew he was the big bad from the jump, they would have. <laughs> um, New Gunray's body is just still on Mustafar. <laughs> yeah that's amazing that it's still intact still intact. is that is it wrong that that makes me kind of happy because <laughs> he's such the bad guy and you don't see him really like it takes forever for him like to get his comeuppets and then he's just like yeah. he's just there for at this point 18 years yeah uh, i thought it was funny that 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 same mouse droid that I think it's in the yeah. hallway as he enters the room is helps him rebuild himself. I thought that was kind of yeah. yeah. Uh, well. I had no idea most droids were that handy, but I was like, okay, sure. I <laughs> I didn't really get that. I, I had trouble. How following. did it drag the leg? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Does it have think... appendages? Like, yeah, I don't know how it helped, but essentially, he was able to. Rewire it? Break down a um a B one battle droid and connect its limbs to uh to his body, which is metaphorical in a kind of beautiful way too. Like he was fighting these things and now he's literally like one of them. So it, even to the extent his left arm doesn't have like five fingers, it just has that like sort of clamp that the uh that the battle droids have. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it was uh about yeah, it, whatever, a lot of um, liberties taken there uh, with the comic book and the animations and whatnot, but it was still a cool scene. They should, I think, yeah, I think it was supposed to be a, a moment of tension, right? He has to build himself yeah. before this assassin, you know, right. strikes. Yeah. Um, but uh, I thought Hochi was a pretty fun character, like in this, this issue. I thought he was used to fun effect where he seems like it seems like he's force sensitive at one point. I think he says he like he feels that Vader's reaching out with the force at one point. Well, he uh, more like deduced it. Yeah. It's like, like, oh, I mean, if I thought force... so, but then on a second glance, I was like, is, is he he says, I, I feel something. And I was like, oh, yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess he's just wordplay, maybe. I think so, because he did. He was wrong. Vader didn't use the force. It was the webbish fog calling to Vader. Um, and, and at least that's what Vader says, um, which is wild. 
to have the three of these characters in the same room. Yeah. Is, I mean, obviously adding gravity to, to the OT of but this is your connection to Ray right here. Um, and it's, and Kylo actually, right? I mean, OT yeah. really represents Ray's fate and uh, the webbish fog represents uh, Kylo's in, in a certain way too. So that dagger, that Sith dagger that they use in uh, the Rise of Skywalker, was that the tip of his spear in this weapon in this episode, like the spear he's carrying? Oh, and they like converted it into that. Yeah, Maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. But um, right, because he does have a spear. He's a melee weapon he uses. Maybe know, pretty. Yeah. He's a super impressive warrior. I mean, he catches Vader's lightsaber at one point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Vader just throws a lightsaber one of my favorite panels where he's just like grr and just like I mean, just spears his lightsaber at him like it's yeah pretty cool it doesn't he doesn't throw it and it, like it's, it doesn't spin he just like throws it like a, a javelin essentially it was pretty cool to see Vader do that yeah i mean if anything this gets us a little closer to um uh marriage aid he's very much a marriage aid character right like this hand of the the emperor in a way like just this You're so right. So, you know me, I'm always banking for Mara Jade. So I'm like, I like that they brought him in and that he's just this like, he's just this character that is that used by the Emperor to assassinate and do other things. So. I could see Ochi getting bested by Vader and then Mara Jade coming to the fold and then Ochi redeeming himself, you know, around the time of the yeah. Yeah. to go then to go then do the bidding of the Emperor again having already worked as a hand or assassin Sith, right. assassin of the Sith, I believe he calls himself. Right. That's uh, what it is. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I thought it's it was, really I, interesting plays like, well, I'm a tool, you're a tool. What's your role? What's my role? Where, you know, where's Vader going from here? Cause Vader is like right now out to kill the emperor again. And it's like, well, that's, that's an interesting twist. Um, but uh, yeah, they're, they're going a lot of, a lot of cool. It's interesting because it's it's almost as Zochi is like this like smooth talking kind of like jesting kind of like a nuisance like a, this this sort of like assassins just praying and nipping on Vader's heels throughout the issue yeah. but he keeps saying this thing like it's almost like his catchphrase where he's like uh, it's like uh, like Ochi of Bastoon like the last face you'll ever see i think he says it yeah. a couple times even yeah pretty, that's 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 actually pretty deep because what Vader's fighting for in this issue is is Luke essentially because I think at, at some point maybe in the last issue or this issue I think he says you know he's still alive and you just have to like think yeah. about who he's who he means by that which is I believe Luke right and he, that's why right. he's struggling to get up and uh, and I think uh, it, and so when he says Ochi keeps trailing him and says last face you'll ever see we know the last face Vader sees is Luke's face you know he, mm. he does succeed that is the little victory in this moment we know it, it's kind of powerful when I, when I heard that stuff uh, that was yeah cool. Yeah, good uh, call. Pretty cool stuff. Um, obviously we we just know the eye of the webbish fog is in some cave, like somewhere down there in like the. Uh, I know Vader gets like walled in by some boulders, and he's, he's it basically happens. Yeah, in the, it's basically uh, in a cave inside a cave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where are the Mustafa Mustafari um. Native Mustafarians. I, I think there was like when he built that uh Fortress Vader, he I think he was like pretty near genocide, right? Like they threw everything they had at him and right, he smoked right, right, right. all. So at the very least, I think the Mustafarians know to steer clear of that locale. 
Um, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't seen Fortress Vader in, like in the background of any of these panels. Yeah, that's um, a good point. I thought be right there, wouldn't it? I thought that's where he was heading, but now he runs into the bog, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you guess you could have technically built it on a completely different part of Mustafar, right? I mean, the way it was written, though, was that like he built it overlooking the scene where he of his greatest defeat. Um, right. So it right, should right, be there, right, so right, right. Should be there. Yeah. Should be at least totally. within eye shot. You know. And it was supposed to be in the sequel trilogy, right? It was supposed to be seen. They originally had drawn it, so it is right there. So I guess we just, I don't know, just haven't seen that angle yet for whatever reason. Yeah unclear but man i cannot wait we're gonna get some mysticism and eye of the webbish bog in the next issue some riddles riddle <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> me this that'd be funny like eye of the webbish bug and now uh, cool. you just get like a bass note that comes out of that huge baby head i want the baby <laughs> what yeah. character yeah i need to know what's going on with the baby head because it's like it is like a strange, like piggy baby child thing. That's uh, <laughs> does it have a whole body? Like, what is that? I don't even. Know uh, I don't know. Hopefully, we'll find out. I hope it's got a whole body, but I don't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no one wants to see it. But it's just like, is it laying down in water? Like, is it okay? Like, what's happening? It's definitely not okay. Relationship, obviously. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's parasitic. Yeah, I don't think it's symbiotic. Yeah, yeah that, right, that baby yeah, does right. not look happy. That pig baby doesn't look happy. Yeah. Save the pig oh, baby. Oh, right. pig baby. Right. All right. Uh, why don't we do a real quick uh, reading Rathtar, and then yeah. uh, we'll uh, get on with our stuff. <laughs> Reading Raftar. Reading Raftar. Reading Raftar. All right. This is going to be a lightning quick reading Raftar. Just want to mention that a new book did come out. Um, It is going to be The Empire Strikes Back from a Certain Point of View. So it's going to be a compilation of various artists talking about uh, some random perspective. chronologically through the movie Empire Strikes Back, uh, scene for scene. Um, And I have already started reading this. We're going to give it another week. We're going to actually start dipping in um, next week, talking about chapters. But we're actually going to, we're going to milk this book for a while and just uh, go chapter by chapter and like little mini segments um, for each little piece as we go forward. Um, So if you haven't got this book yet, I highly suggest you getting it um, from a certain point of view in um for a new hope was amazing and yeah, yeah. uh what do you uh, what are you guys looking forward to here have you started reading it i can't wait i'm excited to just get you know do a chapter a week are we we're gonna we're gonna play it slow right we're not gonna do the, yeah you know, yeah five or yeah know, nope one a week, a week. Or, like, 40 weeks <laughs> i love it yeah no i'm excited i i I don't know what I'm most excited about. Like I, I looked at the first chapter that we're going to cover next week called I, the empire by Kirsten white. And what I love about the book is that you look, they just give you a little illustrated yeah. like characters. And I'm like, Oh, we're going to get an issue about the probe, probe droid. The, the empirical, like I am just every, and every time I kept like going forward and, and on Instagram, 
the various writers that we follow have been just sharing just that one picture from their story. And each time like, Ooh, I can't wait for that one. Ooh, I can't wait for that one. Yeah, and, yeah. and I loved from a certain point of view for the new hope, but there's so much going on in empire and there's so much scene changing in empire that I just, I'm looking forward to all of it. Like just every time I think about a different scene. Yeah. I accidentally chewed through the first three. Because they're allowed. <laughs> I'm just going to read the book and then reread the book. Yeah. Me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll just say same depth that um, the first book had. Um, fascinating, heart wrenching, beautiful, mm. significant. Um, it's something that you'll you'll remember forever as you um, as you watch Empire Strikes Back again. And um, yeah, really just enhancing, you know, taking this iconic movie that we love so much uh, to another level and refreshing it in a lot of really great ways. Yeah. So you have your homework, readers, for next week. Read the first chapter, Eye of the Empire, by Kirsten White, and we'll spend five, ten minutes talking about it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, uh, yeah, before we sign off, Ben, you know, we do like to plug <laughs> things that we've worked on outside of this. I've been on a couple of podcasts, so that's been cool. But you have a much bigger deal that, that I think uh, I want you to talk a bit about. What's, what's going on? Outside of Star Wars for you. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I make the music uh, occasionally and um, I, we haven't uh, really represented it here, but um, this is my solo project. It's I'm the only one that's worked on it. Um, it's electronic music. It's uh, it's largely it, it is instrumental um, and it's a little wild and it's very influenced by Star Wars, actually. Like I definitely there's a part of my mind that thinks like I want to, you know, this is music I could hear in a cantina or a dance club. Mm -hmm. Um, something in the Star Wars universe. Uh, it's called uh, River Ghost, but it's spelled R vertical slash, not like the other one. V E R G H X S T. Um, it's on um, it's on Spotify right now. So give it a follow, give it a listen. Um, the album is called The Unknown Unknown, um, and uh, it's out on uh, Mint Four Hundred Records. Uh, is the label put it up? So. Yeah um yeah it's stuff that i do and i guess uh, maybe i'll play a little bit of uh, one of the tracks yeah just following this um put a little music on there nice you totally should we'll uh i'll link it on our instagram for you so that's will be in our bio we'll put in our bio and uh grant and i can speak uh ben was was very nice to share it with us before it came out and i will speak uh and just say it was it's awesome it's so good and i i'm i am really amazed at your you just muted yourself, Adam. That's really funny. <laughs> well, so my cat best thing just, heard is my, really best amazed thing by and then I'm I, really amazed by and my cat. I'm really amazed by the fact that my cat can mute uh, the the thing for Sanders really, not a fan, incidentally. No, Sanders not like electronic music. But I was gonna say, such a fan of it and amazed by it all the time. And just this this magic trick that is music that you're able to do is is just wonderful. And uh, I, I'm so excited for you. Well, thanks. Yeah, you guys were helpful i definitely um had you guys listen to this and give me some feedback before <laughs> my feedback was i like it it all sounds great I'm so which is my favorite help. kind of feedback incidentally i've you've you showed me a lot of deep cut jams and every single one has been impressive so like i i can't wait to listen to this in, in full you yeah and are sweet and biased and i appreciate it um i'll pay you guys later 
um, but yeah, give it a listen, see if you like it. If you don't, that's totally cool. Um, but it's uh, it's fun music. So um, yeah, little Afrobeat, little synthwave, little psychedelia. You know, some bass lines and whatnot. It's good times. Um, and then with that, um, thanks so much for listening. As always, um, we gave you a couple episodes this week. If you listen to both, that's really great. Um, we've been tracking and. I imagine it's uh, something to do with Mandalor, uh, the Mandalorian, but um, there's a lot more of you now. So if you're, this is your first episode, thank you. Um, nice to meet you. Uh, you can talk to us on Discord and um, Instagram and all that stuff. We always love um, talking to listeners and interacting and integrating. And, you know, um, you know, we just love talking about Star Wars with our friends, which you all are. So thanks very much. And may the force be with you always.
Rex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Coreworld News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always. Yeah.